0: First and foremost, diabetes does affect us all. There's, you know, over 30 million Americans living with diabetes, another 84 who are living with pre-diabetes.
1: Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing
2: Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcott, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Say hi, Matt. Hi. Today we have Scott Friesen. Hi, Scott. How are you? Hey, guys. Scott, tour to cure, right? So we're going to talk about that. But before we do that, let's talk about who you are and kind of what you do. Okay. So who are you and what
0: do you do? So a little bit about me. Born and raised here in Oregon. I grew up down in the Salem area. Left about 2004 to move down to the Bay Area started working in retail, got into the food and entertainment industry, which I did for a number of years. And then through that, I got involved in some fundraising events and found out that I was really good at it. I really liked it, specifically around cycling and cycling events. So that ended up leading me to nonprofit. I've been involved ever since. Nice. So cycling, bicycling, bicycling, not like motorcycling. No, the one we actually have to pedal. Oh, yeah, you lost me at pedaling.
3: (laughs) I just Uh. got one, a bicycle. Oh, yeah? Pedal, bicycle, but it's electric assist. Oh, jeez. So. That's cheating. No, electric assist is brilliant because you can have, like, the fun part of riding your bike and getting exercise, but the crappy part where you can't get up the hill, you can, like, turn on the electric assist and then use it to get up the hill or, like, if it's a giant hill or something, and Mm -hmm. then you can turn it off again, and then you can get back to, like, just normal cycling. And when you're fat and out of shape, like I am, it's a good start. Those and are then great to like,
0: get to it later. I always uh, was jealous on my morning commute to see the people who would breeze right past me, as I'm struggling to get up the hill right. in my lowest gear. Mm-hmm. And they're pedaling like super slow, just yeah. like
3: la la la. It Drinking is, coffee. It's like not even pedaling. <laughs> if you turn the whole thing on, like full blast on the on like the lowest gear, it's like pedaling against air. It's even better than pedaling when there's. It's like not even riding a bicycle. Like it just goes. Weird. but I mean honestly I do want to get some exercise so I, I, I don't use that unless I have to go up like a steep hill or something interesting you live in a flat area well I know but it, it's surrounded <laughs> yeah.
2: by hills it's, it's the Tualatin Valley uh-huh. right sure he's given excuses he right. lives on a wine flat country he wants the electric assist so and keep up with that three-year-old right <laughs> Scott how did you get
0: involved with the uh, diabetes association So back in the day I was working for Starbucks about 10 years ago and I was a supervisor there and we had somebody come in who was saying, hey, can we put up a poster for this event we've got going on here? And it was a walk. Mm -hmm. So we ended up talking with our district manager. They wanted to get, you know, a team involved. So a bunch of us at the store, we were like, let's do this thing. I was probably at my most unhealthy at that time. Like I lived a very sedentary lifestyle, didn't exercise at all, would never have like considered myself an athlete. But I got out, uh, did the walk because I figured, hey, I can move my legs in a Walk in a direction Right So we did that uh, Raised a bit of change And I had a lot of fun doing it So then we figured Like let's do something else So we signed up To do this sprint triathlon Which is like The shortest distance triathlon You can do had a lot of fun training for it, but I realized after that event, I was like, I don't really like the running or the swimming, but I really fell in love with biking Mm -hmm. and the training and just the whole process of getting out and doing it. And I started to see some good physical and well-being changes in my body. And so I started looking for just cycling events. Mm -hmm. And I found this ride called AIDS Life Cycle, which is a seven-day biking event from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Wow. And I, I... was like there's no way that i'm ever going to be able to do this how Um, far is it it's a 545 mile event holy crap camps in seven different cities down the coast wow that's like
3: 900 kilometers ish for everyone who doesn't live in the united states (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a lot
2: there's a friend of mine she got on her bike this summer and biked from portland out to like the bridge of the gods and then back in a day
3: so down like, the Columbia how? River Valley about, what is that? it's got to be 100 miles. It was 100 and something
2: miles round trip, right? And just in a day, on a whim, decided to go for a bike ride today.
3: Yeah. I'm like, how, how are you not dead? I don't get, anyway, whatever. I'm so saying that, I'm not in shape. When I was a teenager, like a young teenager, I think I was about maybe 14 years old. I lived in a little town in British Columbia called Elkford. It was a little mining town. And my friend Nick was there, and Nick and I decided we were gonna ride our bikes to another town because there was a girl there we liked. (laughs) So we wanted to go see the girls. So anyways, we didn't realize it at the time, but it was 39 kilometers, so about 28 miles on BMX bikes. Hmm. But we made it, and then we actually convinced somebody to give us a ride back in a pickup truck, throw our bikes in the back. But kind of a funny side note about that story My friend Nicholas Ugola He eventually went on to win a gold medal in the Olympics in wrestling Wow So not a whole lot to do with biking But I think, you know Getting out and
2: saying
0: We're going to go do this thing that's ridiculous Kind of started at a young age So That's way cool I think there's something about having a challenge that seems unattainable that inspires you to just kind of dive into it. Because when I started biking, five miles was a challenge for me. And the first time I did a 20-mile training ride, I was like, there's no way I'm going to do this. I did it. The next day, my legs felt like, you know, stiff uh, <laughs> rocks. But mm-hmm. I did it. And then from there, I just add a little bit, little bit, little bit each time I rode. And I did that seven-day ride seven times. So wow. nice. it's uh now it's become a norm, and I'm one of those crazy cyclists that likes to do 100 mile rides.
3: Wow! <laughs> Are you into like all the bike gear and stuff now? Like you have like that ultralight frame on your bike. And have you uh, seen his backpack? I didn't actually. <laughs> it's it. it's definitely made for
2: biking.
0: I mean, I'm not uh, by any means an elite. You know, I'm not a racer. I right. I'm do it for the love of riding. I like to go at a casual pace, talk with people, stop heat things trick you. You
3: get coffee. to go, you get to see stuff you don't see when you're driving in the car and yeah. stuff's blowing past you at 70 miles an hour. Yeah, you just appreciate it in a different I, way. At 55, mm-hmm. I mean.
1: <laughs> he says that. You drive like a grandma. And now, a quick break. Digital Marketing Masters will be right back. Are you ready to stop grinding and start making an impact? Are you tired of working long hours and not growing your business? get matt's new book flattening the hamster wheel on amazon now just go to hook2.us hamster that's h-o-o-k-t-o.us forward slash
2: h-a-m-s-t-e-r what does the diabetes association actually do it can't just all be you know riding bikes around and stuff like that. So there's a message
0: behind it, right. right? Yeah, Tour de Cure is one of our signature fundraising events that funds the work that we do. It brings in a lot of the money that we that we raise. We also do sponsorships and you know partnerships. Mm-hmm. But ADA is um, the only nonprofit out there who's fighting on behalf of all people living with all different types of diabetes. Mm-hmm. So we fund research, we fund advocacy, education. We have programs here locally in Oregon like Safe at School, which connects kids who are newly diagnosed with diabetes and brings educators and nurses into their school to actually train the staff so that they can take care of the child.
3: So do you find that, and I know that, I mean, the statistical part is probably not your job, but that there is a lot of kind of children being diagnosed with diabetes or pre-diabetic I don't even know which type of diabetes is which one.
0: Type 2? is? So diabetes just refers to the body's inability to produce or effectively use the insulin supply. Okay. So type one is actually when the body attacks the cells that produce insulin. Okay. So that's typically diagnosed at a younger age. And then type two diabetes is where over time the body loses its ability to effectively utilize the insulin.
3: Right. So it's like
0: adult onset diabetes and stuff yes. like that. Yes. But to your point it is affecting more and more kids each year. So as the age range gets lower, it is becoming a much bigger epidemic that affects kids.
3: And it is somewhat treatable, but not curable right now, right? Like there's no way to think you can't go to a place and they're like, oh, we're going to give you this injection. Now you're going
0: to be able to use insulin again, right? Like it's right. I mean, once you have it, you have it. Right. So we are for type one. We are still researching to find a cure. I mm-hmm. mean um, for type two diabetes, exercise, nutrition can help prevent as well as maintain you know your body while you're right. So it, it living with type two
3: prevents it from getting worse, but right. It's and you can reverse the the symptoms and stuff of it, but you can't once.
0: Some of your cells become insulin resistant. They don't go back, right? Well, there are, you know, people who become pre-diabetic who are through, you know, diet and exercise able to reverse it.
3: Okay. That's interesting.
0: Just so you know. I just, I totally don't know that
3: much about it. I mean,
2: I know people with diabetes and I know that
3: if they crash,
2: I'm supposed to give them like sugar or something like that. I think
0: they're probably like type one diabetes. Yeah. She has an insulin pump. So, yeah, the preconception out there is that people with diabetes, like, can't eat sweets or sugar or all that kind of stuff. But to your point, when someone's low, that will actually get them out of it. Mm -hmm. It's a quick,
3: quick Your blood sugar sugar needs to be in a certain range for you to function, whether it's too high or too low is bad. Just in the right range is good. Right. Right. It's better to have them uh, up and functioning so they can take care of themselves
2: than you not knowing, trying to figure it out. Like, oh, do we give her insulin? Like, what does she need? You know, just know. Here's a candy bar. You wake up, take care of your body, and then we'll figure it out. So, apparently,
3: the education about it is a big piece that needs to be done. It (laughs) It is. is. (laughs) It is. Because,
2: you know, like, grandma was diabetic to the point of diabetic ulcers and stuff like that. If you've ever had to pack one of those wounds, it's disgusting. I don't even know what that is. It sounds like I don't want it. I'll Google it later. uh, If you want, that's fine. Um, (laughs) That might be on those list of things to not Google images of. But, you know, it's just one of those things that if. You take care of your body. If you watch your diet as a type 1 diabetic, you watch your diet, you take care of it, and then you actually, you know... Use the insulin when your body needs it instead of you know saying that you did or whatever. You can prevent yourself from going downhill very fast. And I unfortunately was on the side where she wasn't taking care of all that stuff, so right. she did go well, downhill. Sometimes
3: and, you know and you know it's crazy. Have other other issues that can can stop them from taking care of themselves. And honestly, it's not what we're here to talk
0: about. Today, no, so. we're here to talk. Let's about move on.
2: tour de Cure to de Cure to Is it a one-time, once a year thing? Do you do it multiple times a year? Where is it located? Stuff. So
0: we have Tour de Cures as well as Step Out, which is the walk. They happen all over the country. Uh, Here locally in Portland, we have our Tour de Cure at the last Saturday of every July. So um, the next one's coming up on July 25th in 2020. Mm -hmm. It's a single day event. So we combine four cycling routes as well as a 5K fun run and walk. So no no matter what someone's ability or you know preference is where they they want to get on the bike or they just want to come out and run or walk to be part of the event, uh, it's very inclusive. We are an all-ages event, so we have kids all the way up to you know, the grandparents coming out to be mm-hmm. part of the community for this single-day event. And it's really a celebration of the work that we do year-round and the money that we bring in through this campaign.
2: Nice. And how, as a business owner, would we get involved in something like that? Because you said it's all over the country, so are there ADAs? in different towns or specific places, or should they just reach out to you and then you could point them in the right direction? What's the best way to go yeah, about Yeah, we're that?
0: headquartered in Virginia, but we do have local offices across the country. Here we are in Portland. Our event is in Hillsboro, Tour de Cure. So I do a lot of work with the local chamber of commerce. I get you know introductions to the businesses here, try to get them involved through either... Team building, so they can go within their organization and recruit a group of cyclists and runners, walkers mm-hmm. um, to come out and be a part of the event. We have vendors that come out to solicit their wares and be part right. of the event, and we also have volunteers that come out. So some organizations might not want to necessarily participate in the activity, but just to come out and you know help the participants and be part of the experience.
3: I could cheer people on. And- yeah. Right
2: so why why would a company other than the personal things because Chances are, you know somebody with diabetes, right? Right.
0: Other than the personal reasons, why would a company itself get involved in something like this? Well, there's many different levels to that. You know, f- you know, first and foremost, diabetes does affect us all. There's, you know, over 30 million Americans living with diabetes, another 84 who are living with pre-diabetes. So that, you know, what, whatever organization you work for, that's your customer base, that's your employees, that's, you know, regardless of whether there's necessarily a personal connection there at the top... But there's that piece. There's also just the employee engagement piece of, you know, you work together all day every week. It's good to just get out and do something fun. It can be team building. It can uh, improve employee morale and it gives the team something to kind of come together and focus on. And then I think the other piece to that is just the positive image that organizations can get working with events like this you know, to show like, hey, we are invested in this community event. We fundraised this or we sponsored this or we were involved, you know, in this particular way. I think it it does a lot to show the community that organizations are invested in their local community and giving back. I
3: actually saw a study a few months ago that I don't remember the exact percentage, but it was something like 70 to 75 percent ish of designed team building, quote, Events You can't see my finger quotes on the podcast, but 70 to 75 percent of team building events actually made people want to work with their team less. But on the ones that were effective, charity runs, walks, bikes, stuff like that were in the list of ones that actually had a positive impact on both company morale and productivity. And then also... You have to make sure that your team is healthy, right? So if you have those education pieces in that can help people stay healthy, be healthy in their environment, have a healthy lifestyle, I mean, you don't want to tell people what to do outside of work, obviously, but you can educate people on things. And it makes people more more happy, more productive. They get more done while they're at work. And I mean, we talk about productivity all the time. Yeah. Productivity in the workplace in the United States right now is a nightmare, it's no one gets anything done in most companies most of the time. Right. Like, the it's like office space, right? Like, <laughs> the movie came out 20 years ago. I don't know if you realize that. Oh. But, like, you know, the guy is talking about what he does at work every day, right? And he's like, well, first I, I sneak in late and I use the back door and then I stare at my screen for an hour, but it looks like I'm working, you know? Mm. And, I mean, that's in, in offices all over the place, right? And. So if you can get people to be more engaged, more productive, more on board with your message, and more motivated, that's an immense amount of productivity It can turn your company around. Well, even 10% more productivity is huge. Yeah, and imagine if 10% productivity generates 30 or 40% more revenue, right? Yeah. I don't know any company who wouldn't have a consultant walk in the door and say, hey, I know how to get 30% more revenue. Oh, really? I will sign up and give you all of
0: my money. And you know, at the end of the day, having organizations having some sort of a wellness program really benefits them in the long run because, you know, with 84 million people in the U.S. living with prediabetes, that number is growing. 90% of them aren't aware of the fact that they're living with prediabetes. So getting your employees to get active, to get out there, having some sort of education piece around wellness. You know, a lot of us, we sit at desks all day. We write emails. We call people. We're very kind of stagnant in our, in our space. And so just to encourage whatever we can do to get out there and get active and you know take those intentional steps to improve your overall health and wellness.
3: Yeah, wellness programs can reduce your healthcare costs. If you have, you know, like you offer healthcare to your employees, it can lower your benefit costs. There's all kinds of advantages to it. So, is there a way with keeping
2: on the lines of that, do you have any advice for people who may want to know more about diabetes specifically
0: or pre-diabetic testing? Yeah, so, the diabetes.org, we just revamped the whole website. It's really great. It's got a ton of tools. The two biggest ones that I want to kind of highlight are the Diabetes Food Hub. Um, so, as we go into the holidays, we actually have a holiday toolkit mm-hmm. on the food hub. It's really great. You can see some great alternative recipes that you can bring to take to dinner, you know, some cookie recipes, uh, side dishes. I'm using it next week to bring some good dishes to a few Thanksgivings that I'm doing. Nice. Mm-hmm. The Food Hub is great. I use it to meal prep through the week. It's kind of has this rotating stock of recipes, so you're always getting something new that you know is heart-healthy and, right. you know, diabetic-friendly. And then the other thing, you know, we encourage everyone to take our risk test, which is a sixty-second test you can go online and do. It's at diabetes.org/risktestpdx, and uh, you can just plug in a few simple, you know, questions, and it will tell you generally what your risk um, for diabetes is. So
3: nice. And
2: like,
0: you can find that. How food many help.
3: non-sugar-free lattes do you drink in a week? And if the number is greater than zero. <laughs>
2: Don't judge me. (laughs) So you can find the Food Hub uh, as well at the bottom on the footer of that diabetes.org website. Yeah. And if you just go to diabetes.org, you can look on the left toolbar. There's a take our risk test. It's in red. You can't really miss it because it sticks there the whole time. But those are excellent tools, and I'm going to nerd out over the Food Hub because uh, tis the season for me to gain about 10 pounds. Talking
3: about the food hub thing, I mean, my wife um, was in the health coaching business for a while, and cutting out all of the sugar out of our diet is something we did. It had nothing to do with diabetes or anything originally. It was just like, over the long run, we want to reduce our sugar intake and some other things too, but I mean, we immediately found that we could cut out usually about a third to a quarter of all the sugar in all the recipes, and it made absolutely no difference to it. Yeah. You just immediate drop. Well, and you
2: do that over time too. Keep yeah. cutting it out. You start to doing get that with you know, me the,
3: coffee. Anybody who knows me or has seen me on social media at all understands that I pretty much have a coffee from Starbucks or somewhere in my hand at any moment. Mm-hmm. And I originally would just get it, order like, you know, like the caramel latte or something, right? And it would be, I didn't realize it until I got the app, like the mobile app for ordering then you could go edit your beverage. And then it says, oh, there's six pumps of caramel syrup in this. And I'm like, six pumps of caramel right. syrup? So anyways, I started lowering it by one every couple of weeks until I got down to only having one left. And then I switched to sugar-free vanilla. And then I've had sugar-free Starbucks coffee or wherever I go, pretty much everywhere has sugar-free now at this point. Mm -hmm. It's like Insomnia in town here has it, and Pete's Coffee has sugar-free. So you can go get your coffee, and it can still taste good, you know, if you like to have other stuff in it. Or you could have tea or something like that, too. But, yeah, I was able to cut out—I don't even know. We did some calculations, and between that and, like, those— you know, kind of like Jamba Juice type places. It wasn't specifically Jamba Juice, don't sue me. But I used to get this giant like strawberry something or other, I I was like, oh, it's so healthy, I'm drinking fruit, you know, right? Mm -hmm. But it wasn't, I was drinking sugar paste that is, you know, refined strawberry and acai. and And that's part of the thing that everybody needs to be careful of now.
2: In America especially, we have entirely too many processed foods. You know, you go to a grocery store, it's just littered with processed stuff. You even go to the natural s- food selection or section, and it's still a lot of processed foods. So just be more conscious about that. When you go to different countries, you see it a lot more. They're eating a lot more whole foods, a lot more fruits, vegetables, and stuff like that. And you come back home, and then it's just you're inundated with crap. So yeah. just knowing that when you go grocery shopping and trying to steer clear of Box if it comes in a box, it's probably not the best for you. Some of the bagged things. It is what it is. Well, when but Carrie and I attention. did the
3: thing with the sugar, right? Mm-hmm. So just from the coffees and going to sugar free and not having any of the juices from the blended like fruit juice places anymore, mm-hmm. I was able to cut out the equivalent of two one pound bags of sugar a month. That's right. how much it was in my diet. That I had no idea. I was just like, oh, I get a coffee, there's some caramel in it, it tastes good, you know, and I get a juice, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be healthy, I'm going to go get a juice instead of like a breakfast burrito or something. Right. Turns out the breakfast burrito was a much better choice. And who doesn't like breakfast burritos, right? I'm going to side note
2: back into the diabetes thing. So diabetesfoodhub.org right now Mm -hmm. until Friday, uh, their website's a little out of date, so maybe they're not doing it anymore, but they're putting together an Instapot diabetes cookbook. So Instant Pot. two Instant Pots
0: nailed it. Like you can make two recipes at once. Yeah, well actually and I bought an
3: extra pot so I can make one, take the pot out, and then put another pot in and make another one.
0: There's also some really good tools on there that, you know, we oftentimes don't think of how we're building our plates when we're eating. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to just taking those intentional steps to, you know, be aware of what we're putting on our plates, what we're putting in our bodies. What I try to do when I think of my meal planning is, you know, how many steps did this take before it's going in my body? You know, is it something that is being heavily processed? Is it, you know, is it in a box? Mm -hmm. Is it, what's the process there? So I find that by Getting as much of the fresh ingredients as I can and making it myself. Yes, you do take that extra time, you know, in your in your weekend or your evening to put that all together, but it's not
2: a huge amount of extra time. I'm looking at these recipes and it's 10 to 15 minutes prep time. The longest time I've seen on here is is 20 minutes. Yeah, and that's
3: I'm, longer than it takes Grubhub to get to your house
2: with that right. cheeseburger. <laughs> Twenty minute prep time, ten to fifteen to cook, and you're eating a homemade meal and some of these like chicken nacho casserole. Breakfast egg and ham burrito. Uh, are you just hungry? Oh my god! <laughs> you, you have no idea. There's a beef stroganoff recipe, and it's the second one. I'm anyway. I need to stop looking at this because I'm no, just going to go great, home though. and cook
3: all the food. So mm. there are resources. So you, you know what? Help just before we we get into that again. <laughs> So I got the imperfect produce and just to be, you know, upfront about it, imperfect produce doesn't pay us. I get imperfect produce, it's like a delivery box of like fruit and vegetables that are, you know, maybe not the best ones to put on display at the grocery store, but they're still perfectly healthy, right? I think I pay, I don't know, $20, 30 bucks a month or something. And Twice a month, a box of vegetables shows up at my house, mm-hmm. and I just, they text me before it gets there, so I know to go get it, so somebody doesn't steal all my shit, and then I take my vegetables in, I have my daughter unpack them, and she names them all, so she's learning what all the vegetables and fruits are and stuff, and then we have it available at the house all the time. We don't even have to go to the store.
0: I was picturing her giving each vegetable a name, like, like this, this is Karen. Yeah, is my, my
2: friend, and Karen would <laughs> like to speak to your manager. They're free friends. <laughs> <laughs> this is Karen the carrot. She wants so, to speak to your manager.
3: Actually, speaking about being able to know as a child to know the names of fruits and vegetables, which to us seems probably a bit silly, but I don't know if you ever watched one of those documentaries about food and they'll go into a classroom and they'll hold up like a potato or something and they'll be, do you know what this is? And none of the kids know what it is. The school system, and I'm not saying here, just in some places in the documentaries and stuff they can't identify anything beyond an apple, an orange, french fries and pizza, right? as food. so they can't identify like what a carrot actually looks like. they only know what packages of baby carrots look like, which are just big carrots ground down by the way, if you guys didn't know that. <laughs> they don't they don't sacrifice thanks for the ruining baby christmas. Carrots. but hey, santa's really from canada. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I was just talking about, yeah, like imperfect produce, there's delivery, there's all kinds of things now. We live in an area that has a, has a lot of agriculture, so we were in a farm CSA, which is community supported agriculture. We pay one price. I don't even know what we paid for it, honestly, but it gave us 30 weeks that we could go to the farmer market or go directly to the farm once a week and pick up vegetables that were grown locally. So you might have an, you know, it depends where you live. If you live in New York, there's probably not an option, but There's all kinds of, you know, fruit, vegetable delivery, grocery delivery, all kinds of ways to get that healthy food in your house in a way that is essentially more convenient than packaged foods.
2: So how, if somebody wants to learn more about the American Diabetes Association or just get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that?
0: So for anyone that wants to learn more, I suggest, you know, check out diabetes.org. We've actually got a, 1-800-DIABETES number as well that goes to our call center so if people have specific questions about things they want to talk to somebody that's the best resource to send them to you know talking to your healthcare professional obviously is key locally here if people want to talk about getting involved in our oregon tour de cure happy to connect with anybody and how would they do that an email or phone number email and
2: phone yeah helpful. perfect choose one <laughs> let's let's get into them so they can actually do that okay We
3: can put it in the show notes. We can put it in the show notes. Check the show notes. Then you can click and then call or email. So Scott. We'll link to the um, recipe section and everything. We'll put that in the show notes too so people can go. It's hookseo.com slash podcast to get to the show notes.
2: All right. So Scott, thank you for joining us today and telling us more about Tour de Cure and the
1: American Diabetes Association. Thank you guys for having me. We appreciate it. All right. We'll see you guys next time. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marco. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters.
2: If you want to grow your business, if you want to learn how to get out of your head, because if you're in your head, you are dead, you better check out the next podcast because Joe Applebaum, me, is going to get you so motivated, so excited, is going to give you so much energy. It's going to help you change your business and your life. So join me with Matt, with Jeremy, with the whole crew, and we're excited to see you next week. Boom. Boom.